Dear Patriarchy Podcast. We are the Gaslit Women's Guide, Gaslit Workers Guide to Conquering the Corporate World. Two sisters armed with facts and statistics destigmatizing the plight of the working person. I'm Jenny. Uh, normally I have Lisa with me, but today she is not with me. And I just wanted to do a quick recording talking about the best practices in social media allyship. I found this great blog written back in 2020 by Darren Griffin. He uses Forbes description of what social media allyship is. And he says, it's a lifelong process of building relationships based on trust, consistency, and accountability with marginalized individuals and or groups of people. I'm going to read his first paragraph here underneath that. It says, allyship through the lens of social media can take on many forms. Not everyone will impact change by marching in a protest or storming the steps of their local city hall. Some will show up by using social media to highlight donation resources, amplify the voices of those who've been marginalized, or to help organize rallies and meetings that aid in building stronger, more equitable communities. Using your resources, privilege, or platform for the advancement of inclusion and cultural representation is the touchstone of true allyship. There's no wrong way to do this. Sure, performative allyship can be and is harmful, but if your intentions are pure and you're willing to put action behind those intentions, your contributions are essential to help solve the problems we all face. I think in this time where particularly in the United States, um, our civil rights are under attack and there are so many marginalized and oppressed groups that are struggling to find proper avenues and platforms to get their voices out there, everyone can take part in activism and allyship at the social media level. I think it does need to be paired with action, but that's going to look different. For everyone. For me right now, I'm not only are Lisa and I doing the work that we do, but I'm also um, going to volunteer at some clinics and be an escort and help folks that are seeking healthcare into the clinic. And then also I'm volunteering with my local pride organization for their pride week festivities this year. And I don't say that to be virtue signaling, but just let you know real world opportunities to, to donate your time if you have some extra time. And I think we're all busy and we're all tired. So fitting it in where you can is the most important thing. So back to this blog, social media activism. His first point that he highlights is listen, unlearn, and reshare. I think that as a white woman working in the activism space and working to become a true ally, there have been some things that have been ingrained in me and some prejudices and discriminatory thoughts that I learned just growing up in a patriarchal capitalist misogynist society. And there have been times where I've realized that I had some preconceived notions that were just downright wrong. And so as you're going, as you are working to amplify voices of others, make sure that your ingrained prejudices that you might not even be aware of until it's too late, make sure you really look into those and, and educate yourself and learn ways that you can help and learn ways that you can support communities that are fighting for their civil rights. So he says, strip away what you think you know and begin the process of challenging your views. I think one of the things that's most important about social media activism is making sure that you always share original content and that you link it back to the original creator. I think a lot of people right now are 
banking views by using other people's content. And that not only further marginalizes and oppresses groups that have traditionally had a problem getting their voice across, but also it's plagiarism and it's just not right. So make sure that if you see if you see some content that you really like and you want to share it, make sure that it's the original one. Uh, that might take a couple extra minutes, might take you down a funky rabbit hole. But hopefully when you see the content, if it's a second or third version of it, the original creator will be linked in the video or in the piece of content. And you can go back to that one and share that one instead. Um, make sure that if, when you share original content, that you always link it back to the creator and always give that person credit. Even if you're sharing it in your stories, make sure that in your amplification, you are giving proper credit. So don't recreate it and make sure you're following varied accounts so that the content that you have coming through your feed is balanced and you are seeing multiple creators coming from multiple viewpoints, multiple races, multiple socioeconomic classes. Just make sure that your followership is balanced. And then be aware if there's multiple sources, make sure that you, if it's a collaboration between multiple creators or multiple activists, make sure that you credit each one of those. Uh, step two, amplify creative activism. Anything you see, even if it's not a cause that you are, that you are necessarily super passionate about, I think it's time to amplify across all channels. We're saying this, we said this in our podcast last week. We've said it in multiple, we've said it when we've guessed been guest hosts on other podcasts. And there are so many battles being fought right now. And they all are part of this collective attack on civil rights. So each one is a string that's going to pull at that ball of inhumanity. And hopefully the more of us that work together, we can continue to unravel this mess. Making sure that you use inclusive language is also important. Lisa and I were just um, having a conversation with an activist who focuses on disabled individuals, and they were very helpful in calling out some of the language that we used that was ableist in our podcast, and it was something that we hadn't thought of before. And using words like crazy or dumb may seem kind of innocuous and harmless, but they have real world implications. And I think that the right wing has done such an incredible job of vilifying anyone who is PC or woke. And it really doesn't take that much time to actually be respectful of others and be aware that language can hurt people and doing better and working to do better and not use language that is hurtful. One of Darren's examples that he uses is, for example, when thinking about allyship as it relates to gender issues, a word like strong is widely considered to be a masculine identifier. Use terms like sound, steady, excellent, or solid instead. These words are more inclusive of all gender types. Thoughtful, thoughtfulness and allyship are tied into emphatic intelligence. Now, I don't necessarily agree with this. I think that we should use words like strong to, to um, describe women and girls and feminine things. So I don't necessarily agree with that, but I think that being mindful of the language that you use is important. Using words properly implies that you care about the impact those words carry. It also says that you've adapted your thinking to meet the needs of all people, not just those close to you. I think one of the biggest problems with privilege and just privilege in general is the ignorance and unawareness that type of privilege carries. And I think being extremely thoughtful and methodical and compassionate and open-minded 
when you are sharing content is a very important place to make sure that you are. And finally, his four tips, start on social media and finish in real life. Um, I gave some examples of ways I'm volunteering, but honestly, even six months ago, I, I didn't have a second in my day to volunteer in real life. But just making sure that those around you are aware of issues and when they're mentioned in your presence that you're being an ally in the privacy of your own home or with your friends or with your family, that's where it starts. Undoing the vilification of marginalized and oppressed groups is something that we all have to do. Media and politically, things are so divided right now. And the powers that be are doing a great job of dividing us when in actuality, you know, even five years ago, we were, we were able to talk about having differences of opinion. And now due to the collective PTSD of the pandemic and inflation and war and everything that's happened, I think tempers are running high and people have shorter fuses and it has continued to further divide us as a country, but also the entire world. And being honest about your beliefs and being truthful and open with your family and friends and coworkers and those around you, not being afraid of having those hard conversations rather than allowing racism, discrimination, oppression, ableism, sexism, misogyny, any of the things that you witness when you're out in the world, standing up to people and having those conversations helps everyone. And though it might be uncomfortable, I think it's time. It is time for all of us to take a moral stand, to protect the civil rights that we hold dear, but also to ensure that those that have been fighting to come out from under the oppression that white supremacy and capitalism and patriarchal foundations that we are all under the thumb of we have to work hard now to start to break these cycles because rather than us moving forward and evolving as a society, we're going backwards. All of these fights have been fought for so long and we're going backwards. So I hope that you learned something today and I hope that you found this helpful. As always, like, share, subscribe to our podcast, follow us on Instagram, send us your thoughts, patriarchypod at gmail.com. We appreciate you being part of our community. Love, light, and good night.